Day 33 of 365, The Bible Challenge with Abby Joy. Psalm 18, verses 7 to 15. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leapt from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and the burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. Matthew chapter 21 verse 33 to chapter 22 verse 14. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, what do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyards to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked him, Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realised he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, 
The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent another servant to tell them, The feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet! But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious. He sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited weren't worthy of the honour. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man did not reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Job chapter 25 verse 1 to chapter 29 verse 25. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, God is powerful and dreadful. He enforces peace in the heavens. Who is able to count his heavenly army? Doesn't his light shine on all the earth? How can a mortal be innocent before God? Can anyone born of a woman be pure? God is more glorious than the moon. He shines brighter than the stars. In comparison, people are maggots. We mortals are mere worms. Then Job spoke again. How you have helped the powerless. How you have saved the weak. How you have enlightened my stupidity. What wise advice you have offered. Where have you gotten all these wise sayings? Whose spirit speaks through you? The dead tremble, those who live beneath the waters. The underworld is naked in God's presence. The place of destruction is uncovered. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power the sea grew calm. By his skill he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful and his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? Job continued speaking. I vow by the living God 
who has taken away my rights, by the Almighty who has embittered my soul, as long as I live, while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil, and my tongue will speak no lies. I will never concede that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. May my enemy be punished like the wicked, my adversary like those who do evil. For what hope do the godless have when God cuts them off and takes away their life? Will God listen to their cry? When trouble comes upon them, can they take delight in the Almighty? Can they call to God at any time? I will teach you about God's power. I will not conceal anything concerning the Almighty. But you have seen all this, yet you say all these useless things to me. This is what the wicked will receive from God. This is their inheritance from the Almighty. They may have many children, but the children will die in war or starve to death. Those who survive will die of a plague, and not even their widows will mourn them. Evil people may have piles of money and may store away mounds of clothing, but the righteous will wear that clothing, and the innocent will divide that money. The wicked build houses as fragile as a spider's web, as flimsy as a shelter made of branches. The wicked go to bed rich, but wake to find that all their wealth is gone. Terror overwhelms them like a flood, and they are blown away in the storms of the night. The east wind carries them away, and they are gone. It sweeps them away. It whirls down on them without mercy. They struggle to flee from its power, but everyone jeers at them and mocks them. People know where to mine silver and how to refine gold. They know where to dig iron from the earth and how to smelt copper from rock. They know how to shine light in the darkness and explore the farthest regions of the earth as they search in the dark for ore. They sink a mine shaft into the earth far from where anyone lives. They descend on ropes, swinging back and forth. Food is grown on the earth above, but down below the earth is melted as by fire. Here the rocks contain precious lapis lazuli, and the dust contains rocks. These are treasures no bird of prey can see, no falcon's eye observe. No wild animal has walked upon these treasures. No lion has ever set his paw there. People know how to tear apart flinty rocks and overturn the roots of mountains. They cut channels, tunnels in the rocks and uncover precious stones. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to light the hidden treasures. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? No one knows where to find it, for it is not found among the living. It is not here, says the ocean, nor is it here, says the sea. It cannot be bought with gold. It cannot be purchased with silver. It's worth more than all the gold of Ophir. 
greater than precious oxy or lapis lazuli. Wisdom is more valuable than gold and crystal. It cannot be purchased with jewels mounted in fine gold. Coral and jasper are worthless in trying to get it. The price of wisdom is far above rubies. Precious peridot from Ethiopia cannot be exchanged for it. It's worth more than the purest gold. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all humanity. Even the sharp-eyed birds in the sky cannot discover it. Destruction and death say, we've, only, we've heard only rumours of where wisdom can be found. God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. For he looks throughout the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. He decided how hard the winds should blow and how much rain should fall. He made the laws for the rain and laid out a path for the lightning. Then he saw wisdom and evaluated it. He set it in place and examined it thoroughly. And this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Job continued speaking. I long for the years gone by when God took care of me, when he lit up the way before me and I walked safely through the darkness. When I was in my prime, God's friendship was felt in my home. The Almighty was still with me and my children were around me. My steps were awash in cream and the rocks gushed olive oil before me. Those were the days when I went to the city gate and took my place among the honoured leaders. The young stepped aside when they saw me, and even the aged rose in respect at my coming. The princes stood in silence and put their hands over their mouths. The highest officials of the city stood quietly holding their tongues in respect. All who heard me praised me, and all who saw me spoke well of me, for I assisted the poor in their need, and the orphans who required help. I helped those without hope, and they blessed me, and I caused the widows' hearts to sing for joy. Everything I did was honest. Righteousness covered me like a robe, and I wore justice like a turban. I served as eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. I was a father to the poor and assisted strangers who needed help. I broke the jaws of godless oppressors and plucked their victims from their teeth. I thought, surely I will die surrounded by my family after a long, good life. For I am like a tree whose roots reach the water whose branches are refreshed with the dew. New honours are constantly bestowed on me and my strength is continually renewed. Everyone listened to my advice. They were silent as they waited for me to speak and after I spoke they had nothing to add, for my counsel satisfied them. 
They longed for me to speak as people long for rain. They drank my words like a refreshing spring rain. When they were discouraged, I smiled at them. My look of approval was precious to them. Like a chief, I told them what to do. I lived like a king among his troops and comforted those who mourned. Mm-hmm.